Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today, I interview Franco Hecke on men's mental health in the Western world and specifically New Zealand. We talk about what it's like and the pressures that Kiwi men have on not showing their emotions, not being affectionate, not being able to express certain emotions, and all of that bullshit. Franco has been through his own episode in the past with depression to the point where he was suicidal. He had addiction to alcohol and drugs and way too much partying in his past. And all of that made him feel heavily disconnected to himself and the world he was living in and drove him further into this dark hole of feeling depressed and not wanting to live anymore. We are going to talk about what he thinks led him to that point of feeling super depressed and not wanting to live anymore to now living a super happy, super fulfilling life, having an amazing relationship with his soulmate. Franco is now traveling the world, sharing his medicine music, guided meditations, and breath work at his wellness retreats with his partner. He is a father, a community man, and a peaceful warrior who aims to make the world a little bit better than how he found it. If you want to get in touch with Franco or I, I will link up Franco's Instagram and website in the show notes, and you know where to find me on Instagram or Facebook. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode. Hello, Franco. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Kia ora. It's good to be here. Thank you so much. My first question for you is what elevates your soul? Uh, what elevates my soul is um, many things. Music is a huge thing for me. Um, and But before that, underneath music is just following my heart, whatever my heart says. And my heart is speaking like all of our hearts are speaking all the time, saying to go left, saying to go right, saying to stop, saying to go. Um, and 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 it's always right every time i follow my heart it could be with a food choice and that could elevate my soul that food choice that was just like what i needed at the time or it could be um hanging out with a friend or maybe not hanging out with a friend right now uh, because my heart said to have some alone time yeah. you know you, your soul can be elevated every second with every choice so following my heart is how i do that yeah exactly yeah so good can I ask, um, can you tell us and the listeners about your story and your journey with your own mental health? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, as far as, as far back as I can really remember back to my, um, probably when I was 10, really, um, I always knew that there was something a little bit funny with my, with my mood. Um, like it was a bit lower, it seemed, than other people's. Like I couldn't quite be on the same level of like happiness with all my friends around me. And I couldn't quite communicate as freely as it looked like my other friends could. Um, so, you know, that, that was, so that was really real for me at the time. And, um, about 13, 14 years old, my parents broke up and I was like, I was like getting kicked out of school at this time. I got kicked out of like two schools and, um, and just like causing, you know, causing a bit of a ruckus and a bit of an upset in classrooms and 
um, just overdoing it, overdoing my personality because I just felt like I couldn't really communicate um, authentically and like in, in a nice, calm, natural way. So I would just like overdo it. I'd be that class joker at school. Um, and and I, I remember my mum going, hey, I, I think we're going to, like, there's a lot going on for you. We've, we've broken up. Me and your father have broken up. Um, you're getting kicked out of school. These things are happening. Why don't we go see someone about, you know, to talk to a psychologist or whatever, a doctor. So I, I was in and out of like doctors and psychologists, psychotherapy um, since I was like 13 years old. So on medication, uh, antidepressants from, from a really early age. And, and that was that because you were diagnosed with depression. Yeah, I think I think I was diagnosed with depression straight away, like at thirteen. Which, yeah, which is, I don't know if I, yeah, it's it's a, it's a funny one. I don't know if I agree with diagnosing someone with depression at at such an early at at such a malleable age. Yeah. Where we're now now being thirty seven, I can look back and go, man, all we actually need is good people around us, uh, a healthy environment, healthy food. Um, people, you know, listening to us, um, and us listening to people and, you know, so it's, a, it's, a, it's too, it's too early, I think, to be diagnosed with depression really. Although I think humans need to label things in order to, um, deal with them. So yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a funny one. Understand. It, it's been, I think a lot of it's from fear, right? We're scared because it's the unknown and we don't know. So we're like, oh, we're just going to label that. So we think that we know yeah. it. We're less afraid of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's so much, so much of our, um, percep uh, our, our perception, you know, life is all about perception, but if we, if we come from a fear-based place, um, you know, other humans can really recognize that place and we can really butt heads with, with others and, um, and, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't go well ever when we come from a fear-based place, whether it be jealousy or, you know, if we could just be chill and express ourselves calmly um, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be such a happy world, right? Easier said than done. <laughs> uh, big time. Um, and so, so you had a rough upbringing already as a child. You realized something was off. You were diagnosed at 13, um, with mm. depression through your teenage years. When did you, did it get worse after your teenage years later on in life or did things start getting better? Um, I think, I think I started, uh, rebelling against or going, going with the, the kind of black sheep, um, um, label that I started to get through my peers and whatnot by, I, mean, I was the first person to be kicked out of school, like out of all my friends, but I went and got a job and started getting paid like good money and was the first people, first person to get a car. So yeah. I was like suddenly like the man in a way. So I was like that, I, that, that sort of hooligan that was kind of cool and did his own thing. And, um, you know, I was lending my friends money and, you know, um, and, but on that superficial level, things were like probably better than pr probably quite good, especially in comparison to other people my age, but what I, what I saw, yeah. but on a real level, I was like hurting. I was lonely. I couldn't, still couldn't express myself. I hadn't done the work to learn um, how to communicate with um, to what I needed. Did you have the awareness that something was wrong, or did you? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I had the awareness that something was wrong, but um, I think it's hard to believe that you can change if you're so embodied in the the darkness. If you're so embodied embodied in certain habits that you know aren't serving you, but it's like 
this is just me and as a teenager like you know even still i'm like well i believe in change but far out like how do i shift how do i actually shift like am i faking it because i just went back to my old pattern again yeah like you know damn it you know got triggered <laughs> yeah i got i got triggered so it's so it's so easy to be a captain a great captain in in smooth sailing seas but when yeah. when the seas get rough yep. and you know and you know shit can hit the fan and you can just lose it and your blood boils and it's like ah damn i'm just like my father again <laughs> you know or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. it's it, it's full on so yes um I think it did get, it definitely got worse because I wasn't acknowledging it. I was, I, I didn't know how to, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have a mentor to look up to man or woman um, that showed me the way. Yeah. Yeah. And what year do you think in hindsight, were you the most depressed or unhappy in your life? I, I think, I think we need to skip like another probably 10, 10 years, like 25 so what happened was, is I, I partied and drunk and did so many drugs and all those things in, in my teenage years from 13 to 20 yeah. that I quit alcohol and drugs at, at 20 um, and, and really, really honed my musicianship, my guitar, my singing, my songwriting. I traveled all around the world um, as a busker, um, oh. as a busking musician. Were so you I'd, feeling better than at that point because you were doing all these good things for yourself and your body were you feeling better i felt more or authentic and more aligned with with who i truly was but i felt more lonely than ever because it seemed like the whole world was addicted to is addicted to alcohol and drugs so especially being a musician i'd rock up to gigs and sober and play my gig and, and then and then not couldn't quite get along with everyone on their level of being wasted because i wasn't wasted and i was i was living in la yeah. at the time for like two years hanging out on the strip sober you know cocaine um, um speed and alcohol and partying and and then and i'd spend every two weeks in vegas which yeah. is like even more of a dark you know um energy and 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 so yeah i i felt even more lonely then so totally. so five years of sobriety uh, sobriety I, I i was sober for five years um, and then I came back to New Zealand because my grandma, who was getting, getting older, she was like 90, 92, 93, she was about to die. And I thought, okay, I'm going to head home and see her. Um, and I couldn't afford to get back to LA. So I fell into a real huge depression then. Cause I was like, um, I had this little career that I was building over in, in the States. Yeah. One that, one that doesn't compare to the entertainment business in New Zealand. So yeah. You know, I was on like Jay Leno. Um, um, I was playing on the strip. I was playing in Vegas before like big boxing fights. Yeah. Um, and then came back to Auckland and I was like, oh man, this is gray. The energy is like, low. everyone's wearing black and white or just black. No one has time to even listen to music. <laughs> yeah. No one, yeah. No one wants to like talk. Um, and I just fell into a depressed, a, 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 my deepest depression then. Um, and that but, was age. 25 that was that was like 20 24 25 yeah 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 and and so i don't know how this happened but a, an old school friend got hold of me and was like dude we're looking for a lead singer in our band we, we all live together um the four other guys that were in the band with him um were all friends of mine as well they were like would you like to try out for the band 
And so I went around to this flat and like there's this scungy, dirty flat on the North shore. Um, and, but they were all my friends and they were like playing really good rock and roll music and like exactly what I wanted to be doing. Uh, I was just a solo musician at the time and, and it just fit. I started singing with them and it just fit and we were like a band. And, and from that night on, when I was like, okay, I'm in, I had my, I had my first beer, like my first drink that I, you know, since, um, being a teenager and, and then all hell broke loose basically for like a year or two. It was just like full on partying, full on music. Uh, playing drugs, alcohol, like the whole, the whole thing. And um, then, then I could escape the loneliness again. So I escaped the loneliness part, but still wasn't dealing with the reason, the why I am lonely. <laughs> so you had this void that you filled as a teenager with, with all the, the, you know, drugs and alcohol, which alcohol is a drug too. And then mm. you had your five years of being sober, which is so good but mm. you, you still had that void within you. And then when you got like triggered and had that like taste of alcohol again, you just like, Oh, like, let me fill this void again with, with alcohol, with the, with the drugs. Yeah. And, yeah. and I got friends. <laughs> yeah. It's hard too. When you were in LA and Vegas, for example, when you're in that environment, like good on you for staying sober five years and being in the environment you were in where everyone's doing mm. that stuff around you. But it seems like um, my experience is you can't really connect with people it's not because they're on another level. It's like, literally, I feel like when someone's on drugs, alcohol included, they're not present. They're not able yeah. to be in the present moment with you. So you're like trying to find someone to connect with in the present moment and everyone else, everyone else is like off somewhere else. And, you're, and then that would, of course, make you feel even more lonely. Because as you Definitely. said, before, you were living more, in more alignment with your music, but you weren't, you didn't have that community and friendships that were in alignment with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you're, when, when I'm sober and talking to people that are quite under the influence, like more than a couple, yeah. I, I lose interest completely. I'm like, Oh wow. My words are just going to fall into the nothingness because you're not going to remember this tomorrow. Why would I waste my time? So I, I, I can't hit the ball back, yeah. you know, with, with any kind of um, inspiration and energy that, yeah. you know, I, I'd rather, I'd rather go home and watch a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah, exactly. And whether they remember it or not, they're they're not coming from an authentic place because their brain is chemically altered and doing different things. Nah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's funny when I just said like, um, you know, I I I would I would have my my own sort of um thing that way that I'd rescue myself. You know, I'd, um, movies and eating shitty food was a big thing. Like so so that so the the addiction moved yeah. from from the from the drugs and alcohol and 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 over to over to like m&ms and and like three movies in a row at like the cinema in la you know i i would it, it would just be like hiding in a, in, a, in a black hole and like eating um peanut m&ms for like nine hours a day you know so yeah you know so it was just it was just moving an addiction to another and escaping and not dealing with the root of the of the issue, which which is um, so lack of self belief, like lack of self confidence, you know. And, and I think that's I think the way little boys and little girls gain true self confidence is through guidance, through good guidance and um, and rite of passage as 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 young people, which 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 has completely been 
exempt from society now. We just don't, we just don't have that in the West, you know, where we lead our little girls and little boys into, um, into these, into these really clear lessons, these tribal type lessons. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's a shame. What made you, what pulled you out of that? Pulled me out of, out of the second sort of phase yeah, of drinking. Yeah. So, Cause you were still, basically you were still depressed. You still had a void within you that you wanted to fill. Yeah. Full time. So, and then when it got really, really, really bad because you were just like, I guess suppressing all the shit, you know, eventually it yeah. worse, and then you, you have that breakdown moment. Um, definitely. definitely. The, the, the way I found, I, I, I guided my way out of um, the second, the repercussion of, of the second big, yeah. phase of, of partying um it was having um a baby girl with um um with my partner at the time shivani we had um our baby amazing zakia yates and um and she when i knew she was on the way i was it, it just absolutely um it made me just stand up tall and go okay this is a defining moment this is where i can choose to sort my shit out and and pay some fines and um and uh and get healthy and and get out of like gotham city you yeah. know yeah. um or yeah. i can uh keep doing what i'm doing and just really flip a coin on how it's going to go right but I, I chose the i chose the route of of taking the reins of my own life um we me and shivani my partner at the time we we got out of the city got a little place and um, got away from the influences of the of the bars because so I was playing like five nights a week um, in in the city different different bars um, you know I was getting paid I was getting, I was getting paid to drink and party I was literally getting paid to drink and party that's what my life was so it was just madness um, a lot of fun sometimes but just the worst for your health and not real yeah and did you have a wanting when you knew you were having a baby, did you have a desire to stop the alcohol and like clean your life? You actually wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I was like, I was like, as soon as I knew I, I, Maisie was on the way, just like the responsibility of that went hit me like a lightning bolt. And I thought, okay, I need to be an example here. You know, the best, the best shot I have at being a really good dad and raising a, a great daughter is to, is to be somewhat of a good, influence and and monkey see monkey do not monkey listen monkey do it's monkey see monkey do so you gotta yeah. you gotta be that you gotta be the change you gotta be the influence yeah and so when you initially went sober for that first stage of your life which lasted so long i want to say again congratulations that's amazing yeah thanks and you you realize and you have that awareness that you filled that void with junk food and movies just like you know not yeah. being present with yourself no. Um, do you, did you feel like when your daughter was come along, coming along that you filled that void with something else that was negative or positive? Like, do you believe that we always fill in, uh, that space or that addiction with something maybe more positive or do you believe addiction can fully, like we can fully not be addicted to anything anymore? Um, I, I think I'm not absolutely sure, but I, I do know filling that void with something good for you is better than filling that void with something bad for you. So, so I started to fill that void with being a good father by, um, by being a better community male, you know, figure and, um, uh, you know, following through with my word and, um, not being a dick, <laughs> um, you, you know, and, and, 
And so I think, I think you can be, I think addiction. Yeah. What is addiction? It's like, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of good when you're addicted to good things, it kind of keeps you going. It kind of keeps, um, keeps, uh, if you're addicted to your purpose, I don't know if there's anything that bad with that. I mean, you, I think you can do anything too much and it will be bad for you in the end. But I, I have to say like balance is what I come back to, to all the time. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. And um, between desire and addiction. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so when Maisie came along, it was like the lightning bolt that, that turned me on to, I got to get real now. I can't just, I can't just like be a 15 year old at, 25 35 45 55 like so many other men and women yeah. that um i see and know yeah um bless them bless bless them all everyone's on their journey but um i needed to get off that idiot bandwagon in my 20s and yeah. and that and and i didn't just jump out like and i was good it was like that was my that was when my eyes first opened mm. and um and you know the the parting influences still kept going um for a while until one night with a bottle of vodka and a cigarette. Um, this was after uh, me and uh, Maisie's mum broke up. I was just like, "Fuck, I'm so, I'm I'm so I'm so down. I'm so depressed. I feel disconnected. Um, this party lifestyle is just definitely not the way um, anymore." And and this is where I remembered my parents, um, who were quite big meditators, as I was. As a, from an early age in my life, um, my dad and my mum would sit there on their couch, on their seat, and have their eyes closed and and just like disappear for like half an hour to an hour a day, wow. and and I didn't know, I didn't really, I didn't know, I didn't understand that what they were doing really at the time when I was growing up. I was like, use it as an opportunity to just play the fool and like do things while they're not looking, you know, kind of like sneak the cookies and in whatever I was doing. Um, but, but I saw it. So it went into my subconscious and, and that particular night drinking that bottle of vodka and, and having that cigarette, I was, I was like, okay, I need to do something completely different. I need to go find something completely different. And I remember a time when my mom took me to a Buddhist uh, monastery, which is in Kawe, oh, not Kawe, but, but, um, uh, it is just North of Auckland. Um, Cow Copper Copper is where it is. And she took me there and I didn't want to be there at all. I was like kicking and screaming as a young kid. And, but I remembered the, the feeling of what it felt like, like the solace of, of the, the, the land. And I saw the big Buddha that they had there and the, the monks. And I was like, wow, that's a, I thought about it um, um, while I was drinking this particular night. And I was like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to find where that place is. I'm going to call them up and see if I can stay there. And that's what I did. I found this particular place. You left a party and went there. I, I, I found, yeah, I found the exact monastery that my mom took me to 20 years earlier. Yeah. And, um, and they had cabins where you could rent. And so I, I rented a cabin for two weeks and just sat there and, and figured myself out. I sort of learned how to meditate and did yoga, um, ate vegetarian food and sat in silence really for a couple well, of weeks. Was this like a community with, where you could um, do your? Um, there was there was there was seven or eight Tibetan monks there at the time. It was just me and like Tibetan monks, and I was just like learning from there, from what they were doing. And community. 
yeah so i just like kicked out of the of the party thing and like the next day into that environment and really really that's the big changing point of my life and that's what i that's what i'm still upholding today in different forms is is the the yogic type lifestyle which is um which is looking after your body um eating clean um speaking the truth you know um it's no it's it's no um cult thing it's just a lifestyle it's a it's embracing everyone and, and seeing the best in everybody and understanding how everyone is, is special and a miracle. And we all need to, need to know that and, and be that. Yeah. It's not a cult or a fad for you either. Right. It's yeah. not because it's no. to be spiritual. It's, it's like legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's great that it's gotten so popular and it's just busted yeah. out of the temples Yeah, because you know, like the, the you got the Ponsonby mother of three doing yoga every morning to the, the monk in the Himalayas and everyone in between. Um, and that's what's inspired my life now. So me and my partner, Nikki, we, we run um, New Zealand Yoga Day every year. Um, we run and uh, two big festivals, four-day festivals called Resolution Festival this New Year's Eve and NZ Spirit Festival next February. And we just bring 2000 people together and have incredible facilitated workshops all day, vegan food trucks and, and incredible world music at night. And everyone just parties and celebrates and, and converses and learns together as, as a tribe like we used to. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you, do you feel like you want to use a different word other than party? Cause when I still hear, hear party, even though I don't, <laughs> I hear like, Oh, we're all getting together. It's this festival. We're going to party. Like, I can't help because I grew up in the same society, like think like, Oh, there's going to be like alcohol, at least alcohol, if not drugs. Yeah. But that's not what your events are about. It's not, it's not what they're all about, but like we party, <laughs> we, yeah. we party. Yeah. Like let's keep, let's keep that party word there. Exactly. Um, let's just, let's just change our thought on it. Um, you know, yeah. Um, I, I never, I never, I, Man, if I, if you talk to me about partying without alcohol and drugs um, 10 years ago, I would have laughed my ass off at you and gone, you are a loser. You don't know anything. Yeah. Um, there's no way you could, you know, way you could have a good time being sober. And I tell you what, I've never had a better time um, being sober and dancing and singing and, uh, and communicating with others. Uh, than than i do now with with i mean when you realize and wake up to this world this universe that everything's a miracle and yeah like literally everything in existence from the petals on flowers to your own fingernails like everything is crazy you know um it's it's a pretty beautiful thing yeah yeah it's like to you realize like you become numb to the specialness of life when you're depressed yeah i know this was a while for you um this uh, episode where you were really depressed, but I kind of want to take you back there and mm. so people can connect with you and people can relate if they're in a dark space right now. So what really helped you, what really shifted was having this daughter and then going to this cabin. And th that's such a good opportunity for you. That's such a good way to heal, to like have this time by yourself. Do you recommend like if other men are struggling and they're really depressed, even suicidal, they're having suicidal thoughts right now. 
Do you recommend also spending time on their own or do you recommend more connection and communication or from your perspective, what would you advise for someone who's in a dark place right now or for people who have a friend who's in a dark place right now? I know it's mm. pretty common in New Zealand. Like I've had some guy friends open up to me and say that they have other guy friends calling them or texting them and telling them that they're having thoughts about killing themselves. So yeah. who are in a dark space or for who have friends who are, you know, suicidal, what would you recommend? Well, firstly, I relate to the killing yourself mm -hmm. um, thought because it was either jump, it was either change my ways or that was going to be the result um, at the time where, where I, remembered uh about my my mother and father meditating and finding this temple um to stay at that was the other option so i completely understand um people are, who are in that space uh i it's like, like we started this we started this conversation um checking in with the heart you know and and you know how do we find our our soul vibration you know how do we rise um rise our our soul feeling up um and and depending on where you are in the world and, and what, what community um, you're in, people have different options. Some people might not, not have a men's circle option or a woman's circle option. But, but if you do, um, I would start with, with finding like a men's circle or a woman's circle and, and, and just sitting there and, and listening and, and feeling what other people are feeling and, and, and what, what healing can be done when you just listen to other people's struggles. <laughs> And, and and how they're dealing with them can be huge. So putting yourself in environments where where you're not the only victim, you know, yeah. it can be really really sobering and give you great perspective. Um, are there men's circles in Auckland for those who? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few men's circles. I know I know a guy called Fabian Lowe. He's a really beautiful guy. He's actually facilitating a few workshops at our festival coming up at Resolution. Uh, he's, he's a beautiful guy and there's a few circles happening. Um, and I'm going to start one as well, but I'm, I'm actually going to team up with probably three or four other men to yeah. do it because I'm not in the country so much so that when I'm away, other, other guys can hold the space while I'm away and, and it yeah. can just be a, be a, uh, yeah, conglomerate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, but the, the thing that everyone can do, doesn't matter where you are in the world yeah. is is reach out and speak your truth to someone that you love you know someone that you know that that um may look like they kind of can hold space for you or um or something just just speak your truth like say say what you're truly feeling from a place of i i feel this way i um need this this is what i am going through yeah. Um, we're not really trained. We're not really trained to talk like that. Like as kids, we're taught one plus one equals two, but we're not taught how to communicate our emotions from a place of I, which the power of I, it kind of, um, uh, it allows, it allows people to, to hear you without kind of taking it on. Um, and, and, and they can, and they, they can just like really, really hear you. So you're not saying you're made, you've made me do this. You make me this way. Don't blame anyone for anything. Don't blame anyone. Just say, Hey, I'm feeling this way. That's right. the place to start. Well, right. So I feel like we're yeah. really making yourself the victim by being like, you did this. And 
it's because this is happening and all these external things around me are going on. It's just, yeah, I feel this totally. and yeah. Or even yeah, when it happened, it made me feel this way. And yes. Uh, yeah. Sure. It kind of, it, it's, Would it's quite a disarming, a, a disarming type thing to, yeah. to con a way to converse and it allows you to put it on the table and then whoever can hear it can pick it up and, 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 and talk you, talk you through it. Yeah. Would you recommend uh, public mental health as well? Like the hotlines and things like that? Like yeah. Yeah, I, w I would. I would. I would. Um, in New Zealand, we've got a uh, youth line, which um, is probably for, I don't know, like 25 and under yeah. um, people. And I used to work there. I used to be a guy um, on the phones, like at the other end, really? because I wanted to, I wanted to learn how to, okay. um, I wanted to learn about more about my mental health issues. So I, that, uh, that was a, um, I was, I was like 20, uh, like maybe 19, Okay. 19, I think just before I went overseas. So I was like, Oh, I'm, maybe I'll go and learn about youth line. These people that are on the other end of the phone line. Cause they learn, um, um, processes and ways to, to help people like myself. So why not go to the root of the thing? Yeah. That's been my, that's been my sort of way in life is like, I, I get on a, I get on a thought and I like go for it and just go straight to the root of the, yeah. of the issue. Yeah. For sure. And for people who have a friend, um, which is, it's just surprising the amount that I've heard um, people say that they, that their friends are messaging them, telling them that they're suicidal or, you know, they're really depressed and them not knowing what to do. So what would you recommend um, for people who have friends who are really depressed right now and suicidal? Togetherness absolute like like togetherness like invite them rounds let them stay on the couch yeah you know like open your home up um yeah. open your heart up yeah. there is nothing more important yeah. in that moment than your friend and their well-being yeah nothing more um yeah. i mean uh, you gotta look after yourself and your and yeah. your immediate family and household of course but but you know, put your put your social media down. Put your whatever you're doing, and and to say, yo, there's a spot for you on the floor. Just come and be be here and feel and feel my energetic warmth. Yeah. Um. Feel feel my care. Know that I see you. Know that I love you. Lo know that I'm here for you, and I, and know that you would be here for me too. You know, just invite them over or go over to their place and just and 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 hunker in. You know, there's nothing that feels better than, than community coming together, family coming together, friends coming together to just be with each other. For sure. For sure. You know, no, no bill is more important than that. No, like your, your, your job probably isn't more important yeah. than that unless it's yeah. maybe saving lives as well. I don't know, but just, <laughs> just invite them around, you know, yeah. get out of your own way, be a, right? be some help. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. What advice would you give for parents who have teenagers? I don't even really want to uh, separate the genders. Um, but although this topic is more for men's mental health, but just for parents who have yeah young teenage boys or girls who are, who they think might be getting depressed, like what are some early warning signs so that the parents are even aware of what's going on? 
I think um, early early warning signs would be just that that really big separation between the kid and the parent, where the kid just doesn't want to have anything to do with the parents all the time. Like I I, I observe, um, you know, I live I live with a young a young teenager, um, um, one of Nikki's kids, and 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 I observe what I think is a really healthy balance. Like sometimes she doesn't want anything to do with us, yeah. which is perfect. And that's, and that's very common as well in teenage years. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But sometimes um, on the other half of the time, she is so happy to be at the dinner table and so happy to, to be seen and to, for us to, to see her new dance that she's come up with, Aww. you know? So, so it's like a warning sign would be just none of the good. Like, like if you don't see your kid at all, like they just lock their door and they're in there and they're just playing, they're playing battleship or whatever, like stupid <laughs> game on, on the computer um you know that would be that would be worrying and 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 if that is happening initiate conversations but don't make them feel bad or shame them you know just 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 talk about talk about talk about life talk about um any anything anything at all but just like communicate with them did you did you lose interest in like connecting with your parents as well when you were depressed as a kid um yeah yeah, 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 I did. And, and, and I would, I would do anything really to stay at someone else's house and continue the party and, you know, just not be around, um, the rules. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think parents get way too caught up on rules yeah. and, 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 yeah. and I can, and I, and I can, um, sometimes I can get as a father, get caught into that trap as well. It's really easy to, to come up with some kind of weird rule that, allows you to feel just better <laughs> you know but, and then, but yeah. yeah yeah but um I play this little game with myself now as a parent and I and I say what what if I said yes mm. like the, it's the what if I said yes game rather than the no which is kind of programmed within me yeah and it's like like when Maisie yeah it happens to, yeah all, all of us and um and it's not just parents that can play this game. We can do it with anyone. Um, what if I said yes? It could. It, what's the big deal with um, with Maisie having an Oreo cookie at ten a.m. after her um, rice bubbles? Like, okay, like it, you know, like every so often that could be okay. Yeah. But yeah. I'm programmed to say, oh no, you shouldn't have that before the next meal. Whatever yeah. craziness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then what have I started? I've started like. I don't know. Just like, what if I said yes to, to, to my, um, to my daughter going to stay at her friend's house? Yeah. What's the trouble? What's the real trouble with that? What a, yeah. you're initiating trust in them. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. and, and, and they're, they're, they're initiating trust in you and, and yeah. you are showing that you are confident in their decision-making. Yeah. You're not, you know, how, how well has a, a ruling with an iron fist ever worked for anyone, any country? And that's what kids need so much, especially when they're teenagers. They just want to like be like, "Mom or Dad, can you just like trust me?" Like that's kind of what they're all yeah. doing too. Like I can make my own yeah. I can go to this party. Like I can, and and some of that is really hard as a parent too. It's like cool. You might need to let them fuck up sometimes. <laughs> like that's mm. how they're gonna mm. learn. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's like move the. Yeah. yeah. Kind of um, uh, move the. <laughs> move the cage a little wider, you know, like move the, 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 um, the circumference of their, um, of, of their world just a little wider so that it can actually trip over themselves a little bit 
with you still watching them, you know, with you still caring about them, but having the conversation, like talk about, talk about the ins and outs, talk about the pros and cons, expand, expand it and, and, and and liven up their mind. So you're not doing, you're not doing it for them. Yeah. 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 A lot of it's communication too. You just mentioned that it's, it's saying like, okay, why is mom and dad saying no to this? You know, explaining to the child why they think this isn't a good idea for them. And another thing I was wondering, so for, for parents who have a son or a daughter who are no longer like wanting to connect with them and they're locking themselves in their, in their room, for example, and never really wanting to be around the parents and they're trying to connect with their kid and they're just like completely aggressive, which happens a lot at that age too. Like, fuck you. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to talk to you. Like, is there any advice? I know your girls aren't, aren't quite that age yet. Your oldest one's like 13. I think you said 12 even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like, you know, when they're 15, 16 and mm. uh, would you, would you just like let them do their own thing or would you recommend still trying to connect with them for parents who are worried? Even more important to connect, connect with them yeah. then, you know, we, um, we have this crazy way we bring our kids into this world. Like we, the mother births the baby. We, we all snuggle this little baby to our hearts, so close to our hearts and, and are passed around our family and community. And then that, the, those, those times of connectedness um, and closeness, they get, they get further and further in between because they become four or five years old. And now it's starting to be a little not cool to actually hug your mom. So like we get the separation and separation by the time we're a teenager, it's like, Whoa, um, if, if a boy holds a boy's hand or like gives a boy a hug, that's gay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like we just, the division is just like so big at the same time with the same amount of force, we are starving for that exact energy and connectedness that we're pushing away from. Yeah. So, so you need to break those barriers. You need to break those old patterns as, as parents and hug the shit out of your daughter and son at 18 and 80, whatever the yeah. age you need to um, laugh with them. You need to, you need to, they are you. There's so much to talk about. There's so much to relate about. So just, just to so just get out of your head and, and, um, and, and, and connect with your kids doesn't matter how old they are don't give up the question that i have um because i'm not a boy (laughs) um in this like men's community especially in our kiwi culture how you said like when someone hugs someone else which is just crazy because i have like a european background so like guys are like kissing each other on the cheek but like care of like you know a guy hug someone else and that's gay do you feel like it's easier for them to make fun of them as well because it's a connection that they're actually craving so they're like wow i wish i was hugged more therefore yeah like get even more annoyed when other guys are like hugging each other and having that intimacy and so i'm going to make fun of them and also like how do we break that in our culture like it's so wrong that you let that like guys are so like homophobic and like oh my god like i don't want to be seen as gay i don't want to like do anything that you know someone's gonna view me as something wrong like what advice would you give for like parents and like young adults or even even older guys like what advice would you yeah. give 
living in New Zealand. Well, I, I think firstly, it's a great point. Like, yeah, I think it's a huge trigger point for, um, for boys and men when, when, um, when love is being shown, um, from, even from a man to a man. Um, we don't blink twice about a woman doing it, <laughs> but yeah. an, a man to a man seems to be the problem. Um, a part in us goes, wow, I wish I was hugged and touched and, mm. and, and seen and felt. Um, doesn't matter who's doing it yeah. um, because we're, we're all starving for it. We're starving for it. So I think the way to, to resurrect um, um, this problem and, and, and make it rise from the ashes is be the change be that guy that goes up and just like hugs your bro. It's like, man, we don't do handshakes, bro. We get, we do this hug to heart, like heart to heart. Yeah. You know, that's what we do in Maori culture. We press our nose and our third eye and our hearts against another man, against another woman to say hello. A hongi. We share breath. We share our third eye. We share our heart. We share our spirit. Um, with with another man imagine you know, if we and, all just did that that one simple thing when we said hi to each other i think that would just change the vibration of this planet completely completely because there's no bullshit there's no bullshit right here yeah. when you when you push all those centers together yeah. no bullshit has any room to exist yeah there, there's no room so so yeah uh, me and my a lot of my friends we hongy like when we see each other yeah. Um, and, and yeah, if you listen to this podcast, try it, push yeah. next person you hang out with, push your nose, your third eye, uh, against the other person and just take one breath together in through the nose Yeah. and see how it feels. It's beautiful. It's the most beautiful greeting on earth. Wow. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. What advice would you give for listeners who are in a dark space right now for the listeners who saw this podcast title and was like, Oh, men's mental health or, you know, dealing with depression. You know, this is, this is totally me right now. I need some help and I need some mm. guidance. What advice would you give to them? I, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's cool that you asked this question because, uh, apart from music, what I do is I do, I, I, I record guided meditations and I have online courses that I have for free on Insight Timer. Uh, you can check them out at francoheki.com. Um, but I talk a lot about this and I guide people in a meditative state. So I get them to close their eyes and be with themselves and breathe. And then and while they're in that kind of surrendered state, I can, I can guide them through to, um, to, a, to, a, to a better space, to a more heart open present frame of mind. Um, so if you've heard about meditation before or heard about breath work before, it could be a really nice place to start to, to check out one of my guided meditations and, um, and I can speak you through it and you can push pause. If you need to have a moment, you can push start and then keep it going. You can, you know, just have someone in your ear and, um, and all you need to do is shut your eyes and, and sort of be guided. Um, kind of like a mentor, you know, they're, they're, like I said before, we're, we're lacking mentors in the world and, um, and, and what online guided meditations and courses do is allow, allow you in your own time, your own private space, a chance to, to sit and learn and, um, and, and go through your passage, go through your journey, um, you know, with someone that you could trust. Yeah. 
Yeah. So guided meditations is a, is, is, a, is a big one. Yeah. If you don't want to do that, um, it, 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 like I said before, having this real talk with someone that you that you kind of trust, like yeah. from an I place, from a, a place of I feel this way. This is what's happening for me right now, yeah. without shifting any blame, without pointing any fingers. It's just like being vulnerable, yeah. which is yeah. you know is, is a thing that men aren't taught to do because it's taught as a, it's looked upon as a weakness but it's like the most powerful thing you could ever be is a vulnerable truthful open man or open woman okay so someone who's 40 years old or older kiwi man or or even anywhere in the western world has grown up in you know that this that same mentality of society and and they've been conditioned to think that way and now they hear this podcast and someone's saying, just be vulnerable. It's so great. How do they mm. even like take the first step? Like, like how do yeah. they have that courage? How do they have the knowledge to do it? So they don't feel like they're um, doing it inauthentically as well. Like, mm. well, the way to know if you're being um, authentic and vulnerable um, uh, your heart will be beating out of your damn chest when you are thinking about saying what you don't want to tell anyone. Okay. And if your heart is beating out of your chest, then that's a sign that something needs to come out. Yeah. Um, but it's scary and it's probably something that you haven't done before. That's a sign to do it. We're taught that that's normally a sign to, Oh, not do it. Keep it in, keep it in, keep it in. And you wonder why we're, we've got an obesity problem and heart attack problem in the world. And yeah. you know, cause we're storing it all in. We're, we're blowing yeah. up like, like blowfish cause yeah. we're just keeping it all in. Yeah. When, when, when you try, you try breathing in and just holding your breath, yeah. you better do it for about a minute before you die. So you need to exhale as well. You need to yeah. exhale your thoughts, exhale your, um, your feelings in this world. So, yeah. so literally coming back to like, like the place of that place of I, or if, if you don't feel comfortable in a, um, in the family or friend situation you've got, you need to go find a men's circle, woman's circle. You need to, or, or if there's no men's circles or women's circles, go find, um, a, a psychologist to talk to, yeah. you know, someone else that can just listen to you because, chances are no one is is clearly listening to you in the way that you need right now that's because that's why you're not feeling heard that's why you're feeling compressed and closed up yeah you need to express so you may need to pay someone to do that yeah exactly and sometimes it's easier you know just go with what feels better for you sometimes you want to open up to someone you know i think that's a bit more common for women not to stereotype the genders at all, but as a generalization. And then for other people, when you're in that really dark space, it might be easier to first open up to someone who doesn't know you, like a stranger, like a psychologist or a counselor. And there, yeah. there's so many things online these days as well. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a phone or internet or access to a computer. There are so many um, coaches online and people who will listen to you online as well. 100%. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many options and just pick one and, and go with it. It, it will just the fact that you picked one and gone with it is a huge plus And it, it's a huge step to, to, um, feeling better. And, um, it, it might not be like absolute perfect one, um, choice that first time, but keep going, keep making choices, keep 
expressing yourself. And before you know it, I know that you will find yourself in a, in a, in a situation where you can just do that naturally and around people that are just around you and you can just be yourself because that's all we want to do. And that's the hardest thing, but the easiest thing in the world is to be yourself. Yeah. It should be, you know, somehow it's the hardest thing in our, in the Western world. Yeah. 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 So because it's so weird, but accepted that mental health and depression is so common in New Zealand, especially for men. Why do you think that is? If you, if you reflect now on our society and our culture, what do you think the main key points are that leads people to feeling unhappy? I think that my, my heart just yelled out to me alcohol. Right. It was like, yeah, like, like we, like if we're talking about this country, mm-hmm. there was no alcohol um, 150 years ago. Yeah. And, and the Europeans brought alcohol in um, like they did with so many other uh, continents and fed the locals alcohol yeah. and, and just, and got them distracted, got them wasted and then took the land, yeah. you know, and alcohol is the same effect on, on every race, like white people, black people, brown people, whatever. Um, it's no good for, it's, it's no good for anyone. Yeah. So I think that that is uh, before that, you know, we were in tribes and we, we were, we were physical and we were singing and we were dancing and we were playing music and we were giving birth and we were fucking and we were just like, we were just in nature and um and and then alcohol came along and then and then it it just tips literally tipsy the word tipsy mm-hmm. it, that's what happens you you get tipsy and and you just lose your up. balance yeah, yeah. Upside down. <laughs> you lose your balance and and um and we're seeing it we're seeing it now like like people can't wait people hate their jobs so much yeah. that they can't wait till friday comes to drink alcohol and what be wasted and be even more disconnected. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, so alcohol. What was that? It's, it's a numbing agent. It's like they're, they're, they're going yeah. through the week feeling so fucking shit about themselves because they hate their lives. They hate their jobs. They have no real unconditional love and relationship with someone, with anyone. Um, let alone themselves. And so, yeah, they're, they're wanting to numb that pain and people are doing it through the week as well. They can't wait to come home uh, from mm-hmm. work and put the kids to sleep so that they can have their glass of wine or their bottle of wine at night. Like it's not just yeah. as well. Like people are drinking through the week as well. And even if it's just two glasses, it still affects your health. And why mm-hmm. do you still need those two glasses? Are you questioning yourself? Like, oh, are you making that excuse? Like, oh, it's just a beer. It's just a wine. It's just a couple of glasses. It's, uh, you know, I'm eating at the same time, but it's like, cool. But why is your body needing that? If you, yeah. if you close your eyes and you saw yourself living your dream life and you were so happy, would you still be wanting that wine? Why, what is it mm-hmm. in you that is yeah. wanting alcohol, that is wanting the wine? It's funny you said that. It reminds me about what I was thinking the other day about treats, the way we treat ourselves. We we give ourselves a treat and normally what a treat normally means is like the worst thing for you. It's like I'm gonna give I'm gonna give myself I'm gonna give myself a treat and it's gonna be this like block of chocolate 
Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, wouldn't a real treat be something like really good for you? Mango. So it's like every, yeah, a mango, like everything's <laughs> like upside down. You know, we, we, um, so we got a big, we know we got a big alcohol problem mm. and, um, and it affects all of us. Um, and I think that is a huge reason for, um, the disconnection between parents and their, and their kids, children and their parents, um, people with themselves. Um, um, and whether you do drink or not, you're affected by it because you've probably got a brother or sister or dad or mother who does and your life's been affected by it. So I, I think, yeah. Um, I think that's been just awful for, for the human race. Yeah. I don't think anything ever good, truly amazing has ever come from alcohol. <laughs> no, exactly. There's so many things I want to point on, point on there as well. And it, as you said, like people, if you don't drink, there's, there's people, you know, who are drinking. What I get really often now is I, I don't know if I'm just attracting more people in my life who don't drink or if, um, the consciousness, I think it's the consciousness of society is is elevating and there are more people wanting to be sober and not drink but it's like this pressure call it pressure you can call, label it as anything you want but when they're out you know everyone else is drinking so they're almost not wanting to go out anymore because they find it hard not to drink when they're hanging out with people who are drinking as well so it's like mm. having that loneliness as well like it yes you are affected by alcohol even if you aren't drinking it's like oh well i actually don't want to go yeah. out Friday night with my friends because they're all gonna yeah. be and I don't want to, I don't want to join that. So I'm just not going to go out. I'm not going to connect. Yeah. So that's, that's where we step in with NZ spirit. What we do is we, we, we've created an alternative place for you to go and, and celebrate and party and be with people that, that aren't drinking. Um, and the alcohol, the alcohol companies will hate this because yeah. the whole, for the last hundred years, when you go out, the only places you can go serve alcohol it's been a monopoly forever and we've been brainwashed to think that this is the only way yeah um um so alternatives are starting to pop up um around the place you know i've heard there's kombucha bars and now in, in auckland city what? like we're we're running alcohol free festivals um um you know getting just getting getting together doing so many different things without without the influence of alcohol is um is is epic and you you do come back to the the presence of of how miraculous everything in this universe is including each other and 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 then that vibration because there's no intoxication keeps going into the next day yeah yeah and the, the thing that that's going to stick in my head for a while now i'm probably going to need to do a whole another podcast episode about this but the treat thing it's so true like when you really think about it it doesn't matter if it's good for you or not <laughs> You should be able to have treats all the time. Like if you have enough self-worth and self-love, yeah. like, no, you get that all the time, no matter if it's, if it's something that's seen as good for you. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't a treat be, wouldn't a treat be like up, up leveling? Like I want, I want my treats to be like, time. why does it have to be a treat if it's up leveling you? Right? Like if you enjoy something yeah. so much and it's good for you, why can you only get it as a treat? Like why can't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, rem- it reminds me as well of kind of um, how we, you know, how we go on holiday to these places that are really beautiful and whatnot. I'm like, oh, I wish, I wish, it, like, this feels good. Why don't I just be here all the time? It's like, well, yeah, why don't you just be on holiday all the time? Why don't you, why, why don't you just live there? You know, be where, feel, where it feels good. 
exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, um, we're only, it's like that glass ceiling thing. We, it, mm. it's not real. Like we, we can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. We really can like Wi-Fi and data and like all these satellites mm. floating around our planet. Like yes, humans made that humans created this technology. Like if you were to like sit down and someone wants to be like, Oh, data and Wi-Fi aren't, are no longer working. We need to recreate it. Can you help? Like, would you even know where to start? <laughs> no, I know. I know. It's this time we're living in is, is got full of so many amazing opportunities. Um, social media is an amazing thing. If we share good shit on it, it is a horrible thing. If we share bad shit, you know, just like any other form of speech or communication, just share good things. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. And my, my uh take on why people are why so many people get depressed if i had a pinpoint like a specific reason i would say alcohol escalates it and makes it worse it's not helping it's a coping mechanism so people are using it as a tool as a numbing agent to make themselves feel better in the moment while they're drinking but i don't think that's like the cause because i believe that if we're truly happy no one is going to gravitate towards alcohol anyway it's for people who are unhappy, whether they're unhappy consciously or subconsciously or unconsciously. Mm. Um, but I feel like it's connection. It's connection that's lacking. Like we're growing up in this yeah. society that makes everyone believe that you have to be independent in this world and do everything on your own and nothing affects yeah. you and you're responsible for everything. And like, and, and just like, I don't know, like you live in your little bubble and you have your little house and, and like, even like friendships now, like, like, remember when we were kids and we used to have sleepovers and we used to, like, hang yeah. out all the time? And, like, now yeah. nobody has sleepovers at my age. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. That's what and I was saying. So you, you're... Guy over for a sleepover and just have it be platonic, like, just a guy friend? Like, yeah. <laughs> what is that? That's what I was saying. Like, that, that friend that is suicidal, maybe? Yeah. Um, like, that person's dying for a fucking sleepover. You're that's dying what for the... a sleepover party. That's what <laughs> That's what we all need is a damn sleepover party, more yeah. of them, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and I know that feeling, like I fully caught your feeling on that. Like I love sleepovers. I would do anything for the sleepover to be two nights, you know, yeah. to keep it going, like to keep like, um, you know, bedroom rugby going and, and, um, and, yeah. and, fun, and, and fun giggly conversations till three in the morning. Exactly. Um, that is, that is tribe. That is community. Yeah togetherness so yeah. i completely agree with you on that we're um disconnected and that needs to change totally so moral of the story get your onesie get your friends over hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah on a tuesday night <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't wait till friday exactly tonight <laughs> yeah exactly awesome. thank you so yeah. much for coming on the show Oh, it's been fun. I love your work. I love what you're doing for the world and for our society and for the people. Thank you so, 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 so much. Oh, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, great. Awesome. Well, now you get to spend time with your girls. <laughs> yeah, they'll be home in a minute. Yay. Oh, Thank that was fun. <laughs> Thank you.